Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films viewers cannot get enough of. Today we're going to be talking about the extremely ridiculous and extremely addictive Netflix original competition series, The Circle. And we'll also chat with one of its stars, Chris Sapphire, later in the episode. Today I am joined via satellite, or whatever this is, um, I never know how to say that, uh, I guess everything's via satellite, by TV writer, including the Cartoon Network series Summer Camp Island and co-host of everyone's favorite Vanderpump Rules slash reality TV podcast, Sexy Unique Podcast, Carrie O'Donnell. Hi. I've wanted you on the podcast for so long and here you are. I know, I'm I'm such a Talking fan of you as a, as a podcaster and a human, so I'm, I feel very blessed. Such a, such a huge ditto. Well, I'm glad you're here. I've known you for a while. I was I was thinking about that. When I, I was know. Over. We've been like, and Chris, I feel like we've all been like, internet friends for like, five years. It's crazy. Oh, at least, at least. How how did you enjoy the Oscars? I kind of missed the opening of your of your Oscar banter. Oh did yeah, you have a, good, a good night. Yeah, it was fun. Hollywood's biggest night in Hollywood. It was, Hollywood was alive last night. This, the roads were blocked <laughs> off. It felt kind of like some kind of quarantine was happening. Um, I loved it. I I thought Parasite win was really great and kind of the most Mm -hmm. exciting thing for me at least watching i thought renee's speech was hilarious and awesome and she (laughs) when she mentioned firefighters i was like in another room and i heard her like i left midway through her speech because it was so long to go like put moisturizer on my face and in the other room i heard her say something (laughs) about firefighters and i was like i gotta get back so i went back and watched finish the tail end of it but that was pretty great it was a narrative that it wasn't in any order. Like you could, that that whole speech, all of the sentences could have been jumbled and put in a different order and it would have had the exact same effect. Like the first word of her speech could have been firefighters and it would have been an identical <laughs> speech, ostensibly. Like, yeah, it was kind of a fable, the whole speech. It was like a some kind of epic, like a, almost like a poem. <laughs> yes. Every speech was like extremely, extremely unique. I mean, I know that always happens with the actor speeches, but like they all felt extremely different this year. Yeah, it was chaotic energy. I think I think it's very reflective of the time we're living in. So I was, I, it just felt right. Okay, we are not here to talk about the Oscars. We are here to talk about The Circle, which is a deranged Netflix competition show. Before we get into the deranged Netflix competition show, Carrie, what have you been watching on your Netflix account that is not The Circle? Okay, um... I didn't really make this public, but I did watch uh, that show right after New Year's. I watched Messiah with Michelle Monaghan. Uh, I've sort of been on the fence there. I know. It's wi- It's a wild show. I just, you know, when like on New Year's Day, when you're just like, give me anything because you're just so like fragile. <laughs> so I, I went with Messiah because I do love like a good end of the world show. Oh, yeah. But it was a it was a wild journey for me. And I, I stayed with it through the whole thing. And I, I tried to like, I was very like careful about how... <laughs> Who I told I was watching it, because it does. It's a very no one was talking. You know when like no one's talking about it, and you're almost like afraid to be like I'm watching this. I just love watching Michelle Monaghan. Like one of her eyelids always like flutter, and like it's she has very like her she has, she does a lot of eye acting, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm into. Um, and I also watched this show. I started watching it again because I like watched it sort of not really thinking about it as I was watching it, but I, I returned to it. The show Black Summer with jamie king i have no idea what the show is i know i'm i guess i'm going for all like the gritty apocalyptic shows so i'm I'm probably boring but black summer no this is good because i've never heard of it it's a gritty zombie show who isn't it jamie king isn't it jamie king <laughs> jamie king isn't a zombie show yeah, i've never heard of this <laughs> she anchors the show she's the center of it stephen king tweeted about it so i 
I got into it. You really gave me the range that I was looking for here, and I was not expecting it. I know. Like, the I... opposite of the circle, like the mass the mass entertainment that everyone is watching and talking about, and then you like <laughs> literally told me about a show that I've never heard of. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about the circle. On social media, you can be anyone. Let the games begin. And say anything. Okay, okay, let me think. So who would you be if $100,000 was on the line? Welcome to The Circle. What's up, Circle? A new social experiment where players don't meet face-to-face. What? They only communicate through The Circle. 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 Take me to my profile. Oh, man. This is better than Christmas. I'm interested in knowing, just because everyone is watching The Circle, mm-hmm. uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of The Circle, sure. how did you discover The Circle? Is this something that was just served to you? Is this? Did you watch this because of social media pressure? Did you watch this because you love, I mean, you like reality TV shows, but reality competition shows are sort of an entirely different genre. How did you get there? Yeah, I saw a lot of gays tweeting about it. I saw someone do sort of like me as one of the characters in The Circle, like a front-facing comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And then my sister was talking about it a lot and she 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 loves like the bachelor and all that so i was hearing her she was kind of sealed the deal for me and i was like all right so i started watching it and i was immediately disoriented and you know it felt kind of like black mirror and i was also disoriented of where they actually filmed it which so lots of external things right off the bat drew me in my first instinct when i saw the exterior shots i was like they filmed this in like manchester or something or like deep mm-hmm. England. And then I confirmed that. So I was like, okay, so this is very, it felt very dystopian Black Mirror-y to me, which I was, which I love. So that kind of kept me mm-hmm. going. We've established, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you've, you, you've gotten that. I just loved how loud everyone was. Like their <laughs> volume, like when they were just sitting, like I just love the idea of people sitting in their apartments just shouting at like the wall, you know? So that, lots of that. Yeah. So that was like initially, those were my first like, okay, I, this is something I can get behind. And I, I thought they were like very just kind. They seemed very kind off the bat and like very earnest people. Even the catfish mm-hmm. ones who were deceiving everyone. <laughs> so those were like my ground floor. That's what hooked me in. Yeah. And it's also one of those shows because they're also isolated. Like you can't really participate in truly nasty, devious behavior from you know from your living room couch yeah really? like you can be deceitful and you can be a little conniving and like you can be a little you can scheme mm-hmm. but you can't be disgust Me- like you can't be despicable you can't be messy for sure you know yeah so i also wanted to know like what the apartment smelled like because i know they definitely had like a cleaning service come in because some of their apartments were like super neat and it looked like they just gotten a fresh vacuum like on the rugs but i just it felt mm-hmm. like almost like people being in like a space station and you're wondering, like, just that staleness. Because they, they can't, they have, like, their balconies blocked off by that bamboo fence thing. So they're just, like, sealed in there. And they can go up on their roof once in a while. But I was just wondering just the air and the vibe of those rooms. It's probably, I mean, it's probably pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Pretty stale. Yeah, it felt like college, like a college dorm or something. But you're right, like... The whole thing felt disorienting, and they and they've said in interview since like being in there truly was as disorienting as you think it was. But even to the viewer, it's like what's going 
on here. It took me a while to even figure out what, when everyone was telling me to watch The Circle and they were obsessed with The Circle, again, gay people, they were like, you gotta watch it, here's what happens. And they'd be like, well, this happens and this happens and they talk to the thing and then it makes them then and they have to set the profile and then they have to decide who's a catfish and then they vote. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so there's like an extreme learning curve to this show because I've never seen anything like it. And you kind of have to have your hand held by that first episode to figure out what in God's name is going on. Yeah, you can't just jump into it. You have to, it's like a very important, because some reality shows you can just kind of like do the recaps, but you have to really be in that first one to like indoctrinate you in this weird reality they have you in. I've never seen anything like it, Mm -hmm. like genuinely. So (laughs) I was, I was actually very impressed by the disorientation and you felt super claustrophobic and then you kind of like, accepted it and were sort of in there with them which I was into but yeah they were they all seemed like I just liked just how like happy they seemed about social media you know Mm -hmm. like they were just really like they were really enthusiastic about it and like approaching it in a way that I haven't really had maybe ever or in in, like 10 years (laughs) just this like it was like it almost (laughs) felt like you were watching people who've never been on the internet before be like yes like we're gonna do this you know this is like fun. this is so fun i love it i love interacting and chatting you know new group message yeah new group mess it's like they went to 2004 and pulled people in to like now and just seeing how they would respond to it they're like whoa you know what I mean? It shows how quickly we adapt to like really ridiculous, insane situations. And I mean, there are countless parallels you can make to like anything about contemporary life, like how quickly we just sort of like deal with crazy stuff. But when they're they're thrust into this weird apartment and it's like, oh, from now on for X days, because it's extremely unclear how long they've been in that place. And they all get used to it so quickly. I mean, it's just human nature. We just, like, accept our, like, scenario kind of fast. Because it's we have to, to, like, make sense of everything. Yeah. However cursed it may be. It was truly cursed. And I they were so into their... <laughs> I love in the first... When they're, they're so into the... Like, they love their apartments, too. They're like, yes! This is it! You know? What did you think of this, of the strategy in the show? Like, when you when you finished it, were you like, what did you take from it? Like, what would your strategy be? Because they keep changing stuff up. So, ultimately, do you think the way to win was to be yourself? Because that's sort of what the show tells you. Like, be yourself and then you'll win. Or do you think there is a way for someone to slide in and be this, the devious person at any given moment? Like... I will continue watching The Circle, and I'm now I'm just intrigued, like, how will the strategies evolve as it moves forward? Just going back, like, I told, like, what are they even going to do in season two? Like, is it going to be, like, I can't even, I truly can't even imagine, like, how you even go about planning this. So I, I definitely think it was, like, improvised <laughs> based on what was happening. And, like, they probably had, like, a hundred different scenarios for what would happen. And all these people, like, in the holding den, like, waiting to come in. So, like, just, and feeling it out, like, that just seems so stressful and, like, also like nefarious and I don't, but like that's just reality tv but um yeah i think i don't know i think you have to i think it's a balance you have to be you have to play the game i think chris played the game pretty well because i think he was deceptively very cunning and he hid behind his like mm-hmm. kind of veneer of um you know just hey i'm just everyone's friend he played neutral really but he was like i'm just I, a fun gay i was yeah. like no you're not you're like you're a cunning bitch and i love it but like <laughs> like I love that moment when he was like I'm not here to like he, when he was kind of like he, when they all were speculating that Miranda went to Joey's because they had some connection he's like damn I just want to get like a window for my mom <laughs> in our living room so I was like <laughs> I was into that but I also 
I don't know if I could fully commit to being a catfish. I think I would like have like a stress seizure from that. I think like that mm-hmm. just seems very like weighing on your soul after a while. But I guess if you're in a game, like it doesn't, yeah. and you like talked it out with your partner and like they were supportive of it, I guess maybe it would be. But I don't think you can fully yeah. be yourself because Bill came in and he was like, I was actually, I like Bill. Um, and he was like trying to be like the fun brother and like they all were like no 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 yeah so he was out pretty fast so he really yeah. tried to not play the game and it 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 swallowed him whole yeah i guess from a, like a to take a step back from a broader perspective since you're a connoisseur of what is arguably the most fascinating reality show on television mm. vanderpump rules as well as just like dr- drama messy reality tv in general yeah as a viewer how do you ingest this sort of television like this reality non-narrative television and does it differ from the way you watch a messiah or any other serious drama or a sitcom like do you give your full attention to these shows do you give like half attention to these shows like how long did it take you to watch circle and do you approach these types of competition shows differently than you approach other stuff yeah i think i i feel way more fish out of water when i watch a competition show than i do with like mm-hmm. housewives or banner because that's like i mean there's like there's plots and like narrative there's like a driving kind you know some housewife seasons are like and vanderpump are less active than others but it's like fairly stagnant mm-hmm. and you can kind of just like maneuver around and just see how like you know they're quiet interactions they're loud and interac- like you know what i mean so i'm i'm that is easy easier for me to get into because i can put myself mm-hmm. in their shoes but competition stuff i'm like because so many people are so into The Bachelor, which I've, I've like, dipped my toe into Bachelor in Paradise for, like, one or two seasons and, like, watched one season of The Bachelor. But I'm not a, like, I'm not really a competition, sh- like, reality person. I feel almost naive watching these shows. So I felt very naive watching The Circle. But it sounds like it was still exciting because oh, you don't typically watch this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it was so exciting because it was so not in kind of my wheelhouse. And, like, I had, it was, like, me leaving my comfort zone, which sounds sad, but, like, it's true. And... I was intrigued by that and it was kind of fun to like do something different than just watch like Sheena, you know, and Marina Del Rey. <laughs> so it was like even watch going back to like America's Next Top Model, like that stuff was I get more stressed when there's a competition. So I'm I'm already uncomfortable mm-hmm. because of that. And I get stressed watching people play each other and like throw each other away and stuff. Like it just it stresses me out on like a human level, but I love it. Mm-hmm. That may, like I love being like I love, you love it. So you will be watching season two. Yes, of course. I love being afraid. You know, I love being like, what? what's going to happen to Karen? You know, um, and with Housewives, you don't have. What's going to gonna really happen to Alana? Oh my God, Alana! When they do the slow mo walks of them walking down the hallway, and it looks like they're in like a Marriott or something, mm-hmm. and they're just like walking in, <laughs> and then and then Alana just comes barreling in, and she's like. I've got a bone to pick with you. And then Sammy's just like, ah, you know, because she thought she was like a man or something. Like it was, that was stressful when Alana came in because I thought they were going to like have a full fight and they're expecting that. And then they actually have like a calm, rational conversation. Everyone on this show acts much more maturely than they had any right to, you know, like they're all taking this way much better than they should. They That was also something I noticed too. Like even Miranda, who I was like, oh my God, she's going to go, like you're thinking she's going to, because she was so bummed. Like she was so upset and she was like really good about it. And like even Alana, like they were all like very, like to be the first one to go on a reality show, 
you know, I think most times is like, oh, fuck. Like, what what just happened? But she took it in such good stride. It's almost like a sensory deprivation tank or something. Like, I'm sure that these people, because they're isolated for as long as they are, even if in the grand scheme of things, it's not like they're like prisoners of war and they're like stuck in this a cell for, you know, a month. Yeah. But it's long enough to feel very weird, especially given how intricate, like the, the show sort of does have something to say, air quotes. But it's it like it's probably just enough to make you sort of examine the way you use social media and just the way that you live your life. And so these people were probably when the cameras weren't like when we didn't see this footage because the cameras are on them all the time. In those boring moments, they were probably really stuck in like deep introspection and like, you know, knee deep and existential crises oh, for throughout sure. the filming of this show. I know I would have been like, what am I doing in this room talking to a television? But imagine not having any tv any phone access and just thinking about social media for all hours of the day and all like i would be not sleeping i would be so worried that i was gonna get you know what i mean like it's because i'm already so stressed by instagram and twitter and it's a hellscape and to have it just be your sole focus every day and you're constantly questioning whether or not alana is real i would i would really lose it i would lose it i mean it was like very quietly deep i think very quietly deep were you happy with the winner? Were you happy the Joey won? Yeah, I mean, he was he was sweet. I I was surprised at how much I liked him. Yeah, I was rooting for Sammy. You wanted yes, I think Sammy, mm-hmm. Sammy or Shabam, I would have been happy with. I forgot to mention that I'm obsessed with the show Instant Hotel on Netflix. That is like my oh yeah, me too. And that is a reality. That's also a competition show, but I can get fully behind that. I want a whole spinoff show of just Babe and Bondi. Babe and Bondi. Oh my. god. God, I follow Babe on Instagram, and my boyfriend bought her mar- her sexy food book, the one with all the hunks like holding cupcakes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her lime green syrupy margaritas that aren't margaritas, <laughs> and they look like a chemical reaction of some kind. Wasn't one of the subplots? I feel like I watched Instant Hotel eight years ago, even though it was definitely like last spring. But wasn't there mm-hmm. a subplot in Instant Hotel where she got mad at someone for not accepting one of her margaritas? She took points off everyone because no one wanted to drink her margaritas. <laughs> She took, like, two points off the gas. She's like, when you're here, you have to have the margarita experience. And the, the gay couple... Sorry, this is, like, this is a... Oh, the gay couple? The, like, horrendous Leroy. gay couple? The fussy couple, they call <laughs> Yeah, the fussy couple. Yeah. And he would... And, and Leroy would always go, the devil's in the details. <laughs> the devil's in the details. He would always say that. And he got to his place, and it was horrible. I feel like it was, like, the scene... You know the scene in Science and the Lambs where you think that the FBI is at Buffalo Bill's house, but really it's Jodie Foster is at Buffalo Bill's house when he opens the door and it's her. The most shocked I've ever been in a piece of media is like that, and then when they go to the fussy couple's house and you see the interior, I was like, this is their house? <laughs> That's exactly the reaction I had when Juliet walks in and she goes, oh, oh no. She just immediately goes, oh no. <laughs> She's even, she she's in like the foyer, like doesn't even, she just goes, no. No. She's like, I'm very disappointed. That's the first thing she says. Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh god. I feel like we've really just like fallen off fallen off a cliff. Is there Sorry, sorry. No, it's it's my fault. What would you say, if anything, we can close up by asking this. And I found myself okay. wondering this a lot by the end like in the final episodes of the show. Because I was like, I like this, mm-hmm. I'm watching this, I'm completely fascinated by this. But I'm sort of like, why does this exist? What is this show trying to teach me? What do you think, if 
if there is one, what is the lesson the circle has for its audience? Or what is the lesson it's trying to give its audience, if any? Like, what can we learn from this show? I think, I think there's two lessons. I think there's like a warning maybe, or like it's, it's sort of, Mm -hmm. I, and I, I, I don't think there were like, I guess I'm just taking it this way, but it almost felt like this is, Netflix was sort of teach, like not a punishment, but almost like a, like, this is what we've become in a way. Like we're in this, we're all Mm -hmm. like, it was a total metaphor for like we are just confined in these rooms and like looking you know what I mean and worrying about like yeah minutia so I think there was that going on but I also think it was like but I do think at the end like they actually seemed like attached to each other and you do you can form real relationships like on social media which sounds like corny as hell but like I know you guys from it like you know what I mean like you do yeah you can Mm -hmm. actually like make friends and like cut through the the bullshit and find like a real connection with someone via mm-hmm. group chats or you know what I mean or the what they were doing because at the end yeah. they, they and they seemed especially the original crew they they did seem really attached to each other so I think it was like mm-hmm. in a way I felt like there is some hope for us like that we can at the end of the day all we do want is like a real friendship and so mm-hmm. that was my my lesson but also I think there was a lot of kind of a scary glimpse into what we are. Like we're living in that dystopia kind of. So If the circle surprised me and said like, just kidding, this has all been scripted. This was a very long episode of Black Mirror. I'd be like, oh, damn, good one. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for talking to me about The Circle. Thank you so much for having me. This was a joy. Everyone can listen to your podcast wherever you get podcasts, Sexy Unique Podcast. Now it's time to hear from someone who was inside The Circle for, I don't know how long he was inside The Circle because he wouldn't tell me. So let's move over to my interview with Chris Sapphire from The Circle. What better way to start an interview than with Flattery? You were my number one. I mean it. I wanted you to win. I'm so sad that you didn't. How are you feeling? Oh, honey, thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you to you and everybody out there that voted. I am feeling like I just lost the pageant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, in Texas, the pageant is big. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like, well, here we go, girls. I got the boot in the butt. I'm I, now I gotta go to uh I gotta go to the nearest Wendy's and get an application, honey. <laughs> how how long have you been back? When did when was filming over? In the fall? You know, not to give away a lot of the TV magic, but oh. yes, the filming wrapped up late last year, mm-hmm. and then it was our massive biggest secret. I couldn't tell anybody, so you must know that I was bursting, honey, <laughs> bursting at the seams to let the world know, but I couldn't. And uh, so I've been home for a good while now. Okay. I found it hard to explain what the show is even about to people because it's so, it's kind of complicated. And so since you've been on it, you were an actual contestant top five. How do you explain the show to people who haven't heard of it? Like, how do you do it quickly in a way that makes sense? Oh, honey, this is a great question. I pull out my phone (laughs) and I pull up that Wikipedia article on it. (laughs) (laughs) And I read away. I said, hold on, give me one second. And then I read the Wikipedia entry because it is a little difficult to explain at first. But I think now that it's out in the world, everybody gets it. They're like, everybody wants to be on season two. They're already asking me, how do I get on season two? I said, wait, 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 y'all. Damn, can y'all enjoy season one? 
when you first heard about it and you were cast on it, was your strategy always to be yourself or was being someone else ever an idea for you? I always tell the girl, I always tell the girls this, I have a really bad memory. <laughs> and so I said, I don't know how to be no other hoe. There is just no way I'm gonna roll up in here all the way from Dallas and try to be some other queen. I said, I'm gonna be me. I've been doing me since 93, even though I was born in 88. Don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, I'm gonna do me. And I explained to the people why. I said, you know what? Ever since I was a child, I have always been very blessed to, to have the ability to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I say that with humility and kindness, and it's true. Since I was in elementary school, I remember, dude, real talk, when I was in elementary school, in sixth grade, I won Prince of the Prom. Prince <laughs> of the Prom. And this is in elementary school. Now mm -hmm. get this, when I got to middle school, things became even weirder. I will never forget one day when I walked into my middle school, I was ambushed by a bunch of girls and mm -hmm. they wanted to take photos with me. And I said, what is going on? After I left middle school and I went into high school, I remember the very first day, these girls were like, your name's Chris, right? And I was like, yes, yeah, nice to meet you. They're like, we've heard of you. So I don't know <laughs> what God is up to up in the heavens but I'm very appreciative and I just naturally have this love for people. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do me. I'm going to use that gift God gave me and let's see how far I get. <laughs> and you got close. I think that is sort of interesting because all of the top four were the people who were themselves. And it sort of seems like the winning strategy or at least part of the winning strategy is to be yourself. Is that is that sort of what you took away from it? I would tell anybody who wants to do season two, it's like, Baby, just be yourself. Yeah. If you don't already live in a world where everybody's putting on shows and charades, it's like, baby, give yourself a chance. You know, let the Lord shine through mm -hmm. and let's see what it can do for you. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it was so hard to be a catfish because I just can't keep keep up. You see on the show, I had a big old notebook. I saw your notebook. I wanted to ask about that. You were always, you uh, occasionally other people would be writing in notebooks, but it, you were doing it the most. What kinds of notes were you taking throughout the show? Like what was your strategy when it came to recording things and keeping things straight? keeping track of everything well i was taking down details like age where they're from what do they like to do you know little tidbits here on there on their personalities mm -hmm. just in case i was going to start clocking them if they were like breaking character i'm like ah <laughs> all that stuff mm -hmm. and then you know unbeknownst to the public a lot of the other parts of the notebook were a bunch of bible verses and mm -hmm. i would spend a lot of time meditating and meditating and meditating and that's how it would keep me you know keep my spirit grounded keep my spirit zen and focused because it was very long, long hours, long days and uh, a lot of personalities, you know? And so there's cameras on you 24 seven. So I was like, Oh, hold up. I need all of Jesus up in here. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that kind of leads me to my next question, which is that I, it seems like it must have been, I read an interview with Joey where he was talking about how the lights were bright and that's why he wore sunglasses so often indoors and it was kind of hard to keep track of what time it was and what day it was. But you never seem to show that sort of stress. Do you think it was that re that meditating and, and your, your your relationship with God that helped you stay focused and stay so seemingly clear throughout the whole thing? I absolutely, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people... Um, 
get stressed under pressure mm -hmm. or they feel that it is them that has to do everything in the world. And with my spiritual practices, I've learned and I'm learning to release the I, to release the me, and to focus more on he. You know, when you read the Bible and you really start to digest it, it's really telling you it's not what Chris is going to do. It's what God is going to do through you. Mm -hmm. So I'm beginning to realize that we're just a bunch of people being used by God if you let them. That's why they say surrender your life to God. So that's how I, I remain calm because... I was, you know, in that zone of, it's not me, Chris, it's it's God. And there's a beautiful Bible verse that says, the battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. And so it really helps to take the pressure off yourself. And look, the Lord kept me calm, collected, gathered. And it, it was, I mean, it's a true testament to the power of how good God is. Ooh. And it could just let you focus on playing the game and having fun in that house. Yeah. You didn't just have to stress about it. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I will tell y'all this fun fact, girl, was hot up in there. If y'all see, if y'all see all them Dyson fans in everybody's room, babe, it was hot. Did they have air conditioning or was it just fans? Because every oh, once in a while you could see leaves were blowing and hair was blowing and it looked like fans were on all the time. Well, honey, at least something was blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play. I'll go to church. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a little warm. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of lights and, and so that can get a little warm. But being the girl that I am, I said, you know what? I ain't complaining. Right. I'm just going to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have my little fan with me. Yeah. What if, if you had to, if you could do the game all over again, same cast, would you do anything differently or would you have done everything the same? I think I probably would have, I think I would just keep being me, do my same strategy, but mm -hmm. I would speak a little bit faster. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I, I, I noticed in the game when I'm watching it over, I'm like, circle, can you please? And it's like, Chris, if you don't stop and just start talking, <laughs> You know, um, well, I didn't know how to play. That's another thing I, I want to tell the audience. I didn't know how to play. I went into the circle completely blind. When I first arrived, I didn't even know how to turn the TV on. I didn't know if it was touch screen or you got to poke it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to do any of this. Did they sort of do that to everyone? Everyone just was sent in there without really any, you learn as you go, sent in with no rules, learn as you go, just see what happens. See, now, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know about that because some of the other players, I'm not sure if they had tuned in to watch the UK version or oh. not. I'm that kind of I'm that kind of queen. I'm like, you know what? I want to just go in there and let the Lord flow through mm -hmm. and let's have fun and let's keep it real. You know, if I would have watched the UK version, then I probably would have already been like, uh -huh, I know what's coming up. And I kind of enjoy not knowing because everything's more organic that mm -hmm. way. It seems a little more fun to go in there and have it all be surprising. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you don't want to know what's going on in Willy Wonka land. You want to be surprised by the chocolate. <laughs> exactly. What is your favorite memory from from the whole circle experience? Oh, my favorite memory, I would have to say, is when I first got to meet some of the players face to face at the dinner. Oh, honey, I was so excited to meet them. You know, we had been in our apartments and we're playing the game and you're playing the game. And then when that alert came on and said, you get to meet the players face to face. I said, oh, my God, things <laughs> just so real. Yeah. And so, you know me, I'm from Dallas and we do things real big up in here, mm -hmm. the big D. So I said, I'm pulling out my purple glittery blazer, honey. I'm going to pull out that Alyssa Edwards makeup palette from Anastasia Beverly Hills. And I'm going to beat this face to for all capacity. What they call over <laughs> here in Dallas, bitch, you are casket ready. 
How long was the dinner? Because on the show, it's it's it doesn't you can't get a sense of how long you were actually in there. But how long was that experience with them? It was a, it was a nice, good. I want to say we were in there for maybe a good hour. Oh wow! I, it, it felt like a good hour, and uh, oh my goodness, the conversation was so good. I wish they could have kept it all in there. <laughs> uh, we talked about everything. We talked about life and 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 our experience in the game. Mm-hmm. When I first walked in. I remember I saw Sammy and Shubham and I was like, oh, they're real. <laughs> was just so happy that these hoes were real. You'll see in that clip, I turn over and um, my, I throw my hands up and I'm looking at Seabird and I'm like, who's this? <laughs> it didn't dawn on me. It didn't dawn on me that that was Rebecca. I thought it was a producer or somebody who's part of the production. They're just kicking with the girls. And then I'm like, who's this? And then, it, then when it's revealed it's Rebecca, I was like, Oh. <laughs> is there anyone you thought was a catfish who wasn't? Is there anyone I thought was a catfish who was not? Yeah. I think in the beginning, um, as the game starts, I was more in the in the headspace of like, they all could be catfishes. <laughs> Don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Or if they're real, you know, just have fun with it. That's why when I met Mercedes, I went with the energy with uh, that was more like, I don't care if she's real or not. I fell in love with whoever I was speaking to. Mm -hmm. And so I was in that headspace like, hey, they could all be catfishes or they could be real. You know, whatever it is, just keep going, Chris, and keep doing it. And so when Mercedes walked in, oh, my gosh, honey, the crack of all time. Everybody's face just got cracked, honey. I think that's my favorite part of the whole whole season when – Karen, it's her real name is Karen, right? That was her name. Yeah. When Karen shows up, her... yeah. When Karen shows up, I think that was my favorite moment. Can you talk more about what happened then and what you were feeling? Okay, so when when someone gets eliminated on the circle, they could go to anybody's apartment, mm-hmm. and so we're all waiting there with anticipation. Like, is it going to be me? I don't know, mm-hmm. honey. The door knock. Girl, my eyes got so big. I said, oh, my God, I don't know who this is. Is it going to be this Karen? Or is it somebody telling me, Chris, get the hell out of here? And so um, she walks in, and I was just shocked. (laughs) I was so shocked. I was so shocked because I thought it was going to be Mercedes. I'm like, who is this lady? But instantly, (laughs) I embraced her because... That's when it dawned on me, okay, you were catfish, Miss Thang. You were mm-hmm. just catfish boots. And um, I gave her the biggest hug. I was so happy. We went and sat on that couch. I swear if I would have had a big-ass bottle of Patron, I would have busted that open, and me and her would have just sat there all night throwing our heads all the way back. Have you stayed in touch with her? Oh, yes, honey. We talk every day. Me and that queen, she wants to come down to Dallas to kick in, hang out i have a lot of uh a lot of her fans over here want to meet her mm-hmm. and so god willing she'll come down and we'll just have a good old catch-up mm-hmm. a good old southern catch-up but we talked about so many things we actually bonded over a really famous internet personality named t.s madison i don't know if you know who t.s is she's huge on the internet and uh, i said i cannot believe you know who t.s madison is i said that is a homegirl of mine in this world and so I said, look how small the world is that here I am with Karen and we know somebody, a mutual person. And I thought, man, look at God. That's great. Where does she live now? 
Uh, I believe she lives in New York. In New York? If I'm okay. Correct. Oh yeah, that's right. She's yeah, that's right. That's what, that's about. That's what her intro was about. Um, yes. Well, that's great. Is there anyone else? Is she the person you've remained closest with since the show? Oh, I talk to everybody. Talk to that's great. Yes, we have a, a private group chat on Instagram, honey, and we chat every day. Joey called me the other day. I keep in touch a lot with Sammy. But girl, we talk with everybody. That's good to know. It's like, I think shows are more, I think reality shows like this, competition shows are, are like this are more fun to watch when people aren't being mean all the time, when you know that everyone is truly friends at the end of it. Because we all like when people fight. Like, we like watching fights on television. But I think at the end of the day, it's a little more satisfying when people are friends at the end. Oh, most definitely. And I think that's what what's uh, really drawing people to the circle right now is that in these times we're living in where there's just so much injustice and evil running rampant everywhere, people need a little dose of kindness. Mm-hmm. And so when I went into the circle, I didn't know that that's how this was going to play out. I was ready for anything. Mm-hmm. I was ready for a bottle to be thrown at my head. You know, <laughs> when it came down to this and now we see that it's it's radiating so much love and oozing love, I can't help but to just thank God that me putting my foot in the door with the circle like this, it was a door full of love. And I was like, this is so amazing. I'm glad that the world is loving that love because we need some of that right now. Mm-hmm. We need a lot of that right now. Now that the show is very popular and everyone who watches knows who you are, how has your life sort of changed since you've been a figure that people are obsessed with now? People love Chris. People love everyone on the circle. But how has your life changed (laughs) from people being obsessed with you? Well, first, I want to say to all the listeners, thank you all so much. Thank you all for believing in me, for for supporting my journey. I read all your messages. I try to get back to as much uh, as many of you as I can. Um, it has been very wild, very surreal. And I don't think anybody can uh, prepare you for something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I got home from the circle, I only had like 4,000, maybe 600 followers, 4,700. Mm-hmm. And right now I look at my phone and we're about to hit 170,000 from all parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It is just absolutely insanity. I, I, I never knew what this felt like. I, I never knew what posting a photo and then you see 30,000, 20,000 likes and 600 comments, whatever, feel it's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. What do you want to do with your newfound, you know, Instagram fame? Oh my God. I always think everything's about, you know, furthering the kingdom of God on earth. So I definitely want to start my own brand of hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, baby, I want to conquer the world. You know, I, I my my ultimate dream in life is to be able to provide for my family, to make sure that they have everything that they need, including health. But a huge dream of mine is to have my own hot sauce brand, my own makeup line, because I started as a makeup artist and I love makeup. I've been wearing makeup since I was 14. And uh, you, you were talking about your parents. It seemed like I noticed that you had a, a photo of your parents on your dresser during the show. And it was so nice when you got to talk to your mom at the end when she sent that message. What did your parents think of the of the show? Were they Did they like it? <laughs> okay, so my mom, my mom is just on cloud nine. She watches <laughs> the circle over and over and over every day. She loves uh, watching the interview part. Mm -hmm. She loves watching uh, her part where she comes and talks to me. She starts crying and crying on the couch every time. (laughs) And um, it's because she knows. She knows why I was over there. I was over there really hoping to win. 
really hoping to come back because with a hundred thousand, I know that's not a lot of money in today's world, but it, for us people who live here, uh, you know, it could change <laughs> your life. Yeah. Yeah. It would change our lives. You know, I was really hoping to win, but I didn't. And so now I'm just, you know, living on a prayer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's good to know that your parents just seem so supportive of you and, and your time on the show. I think that that's just a, a really nice thing to see on a, on a show like this. Oh, they're very supportive. Uh, my dad, my dad's very old school. He's from uh, San Bernardo, Durango, Mexico. Mexico. And uh, he's old school. He comes from a little town population, maybe a thousand people with donkeys, pigs, chickens, uh, adobe houses, straight up Mexico. For all my Mexican people out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, and so my dad watches the show and he's just like, see sí, mijo, oh, andale mijo, sigale pelante and all that. And so, but he doesn't really understand the enormity of it or, mm-hmm. or what it is. He's just happy that I'm on there. But um, <laughs> it's funny to, it's funny watching him watch it because he's just like nodding his head like this crazy ass kid. Because all my life I've always told him of the things I wanted to do and, and what I've done. And now he sees me on Netflix and he's just like this crazy ass kid up on this TV with all that makeup on and he loves it. He thinks it's so funny. That's great. Talking to the TV, how long did it take to get used to speaking your messages out loud? That was so easy for me, girl. I can talk, I talk to myself now. I I sit in front of a mirror and just do monologues and (laughs) and all kinds of weird crap. (laughs) Do you still find yourself speaking it out whenever you want to send a text? No, actually, no, no, no. Uh, I'm back to, I'm back to normality. Um, I guess I we can move on to the other thing. So what? This is a Netflix podcast. Got to talk about Netflix. What else have you been watching that you've been obsessed with lately? Oh, honey, I watched The Two Popes the other day. You know me. And uh, it was such a great movie. You know, we, we, we have to know that people evolve. Things are changing. The times change. And it's introducing God to this new time we're in. And God will fit in in every time period. But, you know, it's about introducing it in a way. And he has that that magic. He has that ability to speak about God to the 21st century. And I love this new pope. Everybody, y'all got to watch it. Yeah, everyone watch The Two Popes. It's good. It's good. Yes. I also want to highly recommend Dancing Queen for uh, all the audience out there. Dancing Queen, it's a Netflix original starring the iconic, the one and only, she is world famous, my good Judy from another booty, Miss Alyssa Edwards. If y'all have not Mm -hmm. seen Dancing Queen, please go and see it, especially if you're a massive fan of the RuPaul's Drag Drag Race. Yeah. Yes. Alyssa Edwards uh, is my neighbor. We've been friends for more than 10 years. She is the Grand Dame Diva of Dallas, the head of the House of Edwards, and my fairy drag mother. See, I've never done drag. People people right now on Twitter think I'm a drag queen. I'm like, hey, you can call me a drag queen, a woman, a man. You can call me. Just call me, honey. And it follows Alyssa Edwards's life as a dance school teacher, a mentor, and a world-famous drag queen. Honey, if you love all that, you're in for the ride of your life. She is hilarious. I think, you know, on the eighth day, the Lord made Alyssa Edwards. (laughs) Straight up. It feels like a sappy way to end our conversation, but I mean it. What, What will you take from your time in the circle now that people all over the world are obsessed with you, like on a personal level? Do you think it's changed your life in any way or are you the same Chris you were when you walked in? I think what my time on the circle has done for me, it has affirmed that I am on the right track. I want to tell the the listeners that um, 
in my journey through life, there was a time where I was bullied really horribly, not in school, but by grown adults uh, and people that didn't understand me out in the world. Uh, they would say really mean things about me behind my back that I'm fake and, and just horrible things about me. And um, I think me being me on the show has really affirmed to me that, that God is truly working through me, really through me and around me. And he's present in a time of need. And I don't want to get emotional, but um, it feels really, really good that the people around the world see me for me, see the real me, the me that I've always been. Ever since I found God when I was 14, I've been walking with him. And I've learned now not to take those mean comments personally, because in the Bible, it says it's not that they don't like you. They don't like me. And I'm like, hey, amen to that. God is so good. I'm so thankful for everything he's doing for me. I pray that I'm gonna be able to help my family. And I just wanna say thank you to all the beautiful fans out there who support the circle, support all the cast and are supporting my journey. And I'm very, very thankful to you all. Thank, thank you to you, honey, for having me <laughs> on the show. And you know, while we're on the subject of Netflix, I just wanna say a quick shout out and a big thank you to Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanna say thank you, Jonathan, for being so fearless, for being so you. It gives people like me strength to continue on in a world like this. And I think this show is going to give other people strength too. I hope so. I do. But thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And remember everybody, hashtag spread love like butter. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>